The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... Somewhat weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Howdy. Hi there, Mitch. This week on the show, we'll be talking about the Suns matching the offer sheet sent in to DeAndre Ayton by the Indiana Pacers. And then we'll talk the Kevin Durant trade. And then we'll just touch on Summer League a little bit. Nothing too wild to get crazy over there. So. Yeah, mainly Aiden Durant, a little summer league. Um, shout outs. We don't have any shout outs this week, but you can go on Twitter, follow us at Sunny and PHX Pod. This actually is a good time to interact with us on Twitter because we are paying attention, waiting for the KD news to drop. So if you're going to reach out to us on Twitter, now's the time. After that, uh, email is going to be the best way. So. Sunny and PHX pod at gmail.com, I believe, is yep. the email. Yep. So, um, yeah, but for now, Sunny and PHX pod on Twitter. Um, we will be able to respond at this point. Yep. I think we had our first tweet in nearly a month yesterday. <laughs> so, good times. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so, DeAndre Ayton. What a whirlwind of a day that was yesterday. I remember getting in my car and hearing the Indiana Pacers have sent DeAndre Ayton an offer sheet. And yes, it was for a max. So Ayton and his team did find the max contract that the Suns pretty much dared him to go find this offseason. It, it, it finally happened. So uh, it was said that this is the second time that the Pacers have offered an offer sheet to somebody in the last 40 years or something along those lines. So it's not a move that the Pacers like to do, but since we couldn't come to any sort of an agreement in the sign-in trade, this is how it went down. And my favorite part is that it took the Suns merely minutes to match it. There wasn't any messing around on that part. It, it does seem now in hindsight that our intention was to bring Aiden back the entire time. And I think by doing this, I forget exactly how much, but I think we saved like $6 million or something, which isn't that much when you look at these numbers, but you know, every cent counts when you're trying to finagle potentially the biggest trade in NBA history, like we hear might be coming. Right. That's absolutely true. And I mean, it's rough out there for a Suns fan in the social media hemisphere lately. Uh, when you pop onto Twitter, you see 
Oh, the the jet or the excuse me, the Pacers screwed the Suns by sending him this offer sheet. I mean, how so? When the Aiden extensions were happening, it was clear that we didn't want to give the fifth year. I think everybody knows that. That was well reported. We only wanted to give him four years. So then fast forward to yesterday, two days ago, and it actually happens. But yet we've somehow made a bad move. I mean, I, I just can't can't fathom how people are coming to these opinions. And it's a little frustrating. But uh, either way, if you think the Suns made such a bad move, they're running back a confirmed playoff team who had a little bump in the playoffs last year. Uh, at worst, we're, e- we're even, right? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I also think it would have been much worse if we wouldn't have matched that. <laughs> you know, oh, imagine. imagine. It would have been letting him walk. Terrible. I mean that that would have been crazy. As much as everyone likes to call Sarver cheap, I think that goes uh, two different ways. Do you just let an asset walk that you literally got to acquire for free uh, with the draft pick? I mean, yeah, you're paying him now, but. Do you want to get rid of something that you technically got for free in the beginning? That's a, a different way to look at it. But uh, Sarver, yeah, maybe call him cheap, but this guy's pay, paying the luxury tax right now. Yeah, that I think is the most surprising part of all of this. And at the end of the day, it's really not that surprising. We knew that in order to sign Kevin Durant, potentially, we would have to look into that. So. It's not really that surprising, but I think it is the most surprising piece of all of this. Right. And then the only thing that carries a little weight from all the, you know, the the talkers out there is that DeAndre Ayton is signed to a team where he's not happy with. And I can probably get behind that Ayton's ideal situation wasn't coming back to Phoenix. But we're giving him a whole lot of reasons to... Uh, deal with it, I suppose, in terms of $133 million. Yeah. And the opportunity for all the minutes he wants, a team destined for another deep playoff run. And, uh, yeah, maybe the opportunity is not going to be there, but I, I have a feeling that this isn't blown up if the team wins one or two more games at points throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. And you hear the old phrase, winning cures all. Yes. In the NBA, winning and money cures all. So yeah. Peyton is probably in a nice spot right now. Even right. though it might not be completely ideal, he got paid, and he's on a team that's going to be way better than the Pacers. Yeah, that's very fair to say. And I'm not. I don't want to talk smack about the Pacers at all. Because I think they made all the right moves throughout the whole thing. Uh, They were technically kind enough to let this sit for so long before they sent him the offer sheet. I mean, if we weren't coming close to a trade at all, they could have done this a week ago. So, um, yeah, I have nothing against what they're doing. And I think they're a team that's going to be really set up nice in the very near future with all those young pieces that they have. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was a this was a good shot for them. If they couldn't find the trade, I if had I been running the Pacers, I would have made that same move if if no trade would have happened. So 
Yeah, I know. I think it was smart on their end. And <laughs> it's funny. I saw something that was like, oh, it would have been so great to see Aiden and Tyrese Halliburton play together. And then a lot of people responded, just wait until you see him play with Chris Paul. <laughs> uh, yeah man and i was i was feeling for jalen smith during this whole debacle too i was oh, yeah. thinking you know he just got promised a starting spot in indy uh the other bigs there what isaiah jackson and miles turner i mean that's a pretty big role overall he can play both power forward and center imagine had Aiton gone there and then he's got to share minutes and kind of share a role with Aiton. That would have been rough. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been brutal for Jalen Smith. But I hope he does well. I hope he succeeds. Yeah, same here. Absolutely. I honestly wish he was still on the roster over Torrey Craig, but that's a whole yeah. different oh, story. Yes, I do too. Uh, what else do we get? Oh, back to DeAndre probably being a little disgruntled in the front office situation. So... Monty said there it was internal when asked about what Aiden was. Otherwise, the news came from Little Wayne on Twitter. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's what right. blew that up. The you're quitting on me or whatever that was. That was from yeah. Little Wayne. So take That's that right. as as much as you take that however you want it. Uh, this I mean this is my whole thing on sources. That's been a big thing on Twitter. Who's your source? Oh, I have this source. Like, even Woj, we're seeing this. Even Woj has sources that are wrong. You know? Sure. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, even the most reliable source is not 100% right. So, we really don't know what happened with that situation. And we know the source is Lil Wayne. And we know he's <laughs> not the most reliable NBA reporter. No. So. <laughs> not even top 10. Yeah, it's like take you have to take every piece of news, even a Woj tweet, with a grain of salt. I mean, think about the times Woj has been wrong. I mean, Woj said, oh, it's unlikely that Aiton's going to come back to the Suns and all of this stuff. And, like, here we are. So it, I'm not saying, like, oh, Woj is wrong. Oh, he's terrible. No, Woj is great. We all can acknowledge Woj and Shams are the top two breaking news NBA reporters, and that's awesome. Uh, but you have to realize even they don't know everything. Right. And it was funny how in one of Woj's original tweets about it, he said the Suns have 48 hours to match and they could very well take this in late into Saturday night. <laughs> and then we apparently we matched uh, Flex said within 90 seconds, Gambo said within three minutes. Three minutes, yeah. So there wasn't any hesitation when it came to, no, we're not letting DeAndre Ayton leave for free, which, I mean, thank God. <laughs> exactly i know yeah that would have been catastrophic if we would have and here's one more thing uh yeah chris chris paul is gonna rub guys the wrong way and that's the the facts of life right there but you're gonna tell me that monty williams of all people in the world monty williams and deandre Ayton can't patch up a relationship Exactly. That's what I was going to say. If there's anyone who can repair a, a relationship, it's Monty Williams. I mean, the man doesn't even cuss. He's the nicest guy <laughs> in the whole world. <laughs> that's that's That may be a fact right there. 
He's up there at least. <laughs> yeah, he's he's in the running for sure. So yeah, I mean, and Monty has experience with making mistakes with players. He's owned up to that about you know where his shortcomings have been. And I mean, I imagine maybe they already have dealt with this. And if not, they will. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if it got resolved. You know, maybe at when cooler heads prevail. Yeah. I could see Monty reaching out to him or however it went down. I, You got to assume they had a nice talk afterwards and at least came apart as men with with a bit more of an understanding of what went down yeah. at a minimum. So yeah. I think we're I, I think it's getting quite a bit overblown about how we're going to have a disgruntled DeAndre Ayton like. In reality, I don't know if he has that. Is he in a position to say, okay, I'm just not going to play hard or I'm going to sit out? I don't see that happening. I don't all. either. I don't and either. especially if he wants a trade, I don't know if being like that is going to be the best way to get it. I mean, we saw what it took for him to get a max. It, it took quite a while for that chip to fall. So I, I just don't know. I, I don't see it being nearly the issue that people are making it out to be right now. Right. Well, and we've also heard this news that a lot of teams aren't that interested in Aiden and that uh, the Kevin Durant trade is not centered around Aiden. He's not even involved. Now we know for sure he's not involved. But um, even before this, there was news that, oh, Aiden won't be involved in a trade to Brooklyn. So it may have been a bit of a reality check for him, too. And then on top of that, he gets paid. So it worked out for him. Yeah, and I i mean, the one guy that I look at when you can say maybe argue that Aiton's not worth the max, and it's not because I think Aiton's much better. I'll start it with that. I think Aiton's a much better player than this guy, but uh, Jared Allen is making like $12 million less than Aiton or so, or maybe 10 or so next year with his contract that he got. So yeah, maybe you don't want to pay Aiton that much more than a guy like Jared Allen, but I think the Cavs just got a heck of a deal on him. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's where it is. And I mean, let, let's just move right into this about how certain moves can really affect the market. Yes. <laughs> Rudy Gobert. I, I was just about picks, to say, man, I know. That threw such a screw in things before anything even had the chance to breathe. Yep. This happened. And uh, and now, when we're looking for Kevin Durant, the Brooklyn Nets say, they just point at that Rudy Gobert trade and say, more. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's why, if there is a trade for Kevin Durant, it's going to take three or four teams, probably. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, And we've all now come to the realization that with Aiton not being part of this deal, it's very, very likely going to have to include Mikhail Bridges and or Cam Johnson. And, I mean, no one wants to give up Mikhail, but if Kevin Durant's coming to town, I think we all get over it. It's... This would be a move, if Mikhail is ultimately traded, it's a move that's going to make a lot of people mad. 
It's going to make a lot of people scratch their heads, and it's going to be a great move. Uh, I can compare this to hockey with the Avalanche, who just won the Stanley Cup. They had some moves that were kind of like this. Um, Matt Duchesne, for instance, was uh, a great, great player. Uh, Colorado loved him. He got kind of disgruntled. He wasn't happy. He wanted a change of scenery. The trade that Joe Sackick made was, like, huge. It was a big part of um, of why the Avs won, ultimately. It took a few years, so it's a little bit different than that. But they got a lot of picks that turned into important players. And it was just a big trade. And I remember being mad. I was like, I wish we could have worked something out with Matt Duchesne. We're going to miss a lot out. We're going to miss out a lot uh, with losing him. And then (laughs) hockey fans know it was actually the exact opposite. And Matt Duchesne played on some pretty terrible teams. And now the Avs won the cup. Um, But yeah, it's going to be kind of like that. Like there may be moves on any championship team. There may be moves that people aren't fans of. The Warriors, this is a good example, basketball related. Andrew Wiggins, a lot of Warriors fans were like, this guy sucks. This is not a good idea. And he was huge in the Warriors season. Yep, that's a very good point. Oh, man. So I think it's less likely to happen since the Aiton trade or the bringing Aiton back. I think it's less likely since we can't trade him now. Um, There has to be a third team because if I'm the Nets, and I want star power back right away to any extent. I don't know if I tip my cap to Mikhail or Cam Johnson as that guy yet. But yeah. those two guys are going to be very, very, very attractive to a lot of teams who are on the verge of competing or have a core of guys around that age. I mean, these guys aren't scrubs. There's going to be teams in the league that want them. And I, I mean, like, uh, a playoff team who needs a shooter. Cam Johnson's got to be pretty attractive. Uh, Mikhail Bridges should be attractive to literally every team in the league. Yeah, um, and he is. And the deal that he's on is so nice. With the the salary cap bump that's supposed to happen in, what is it, three or four years? Mm-hmm. Like Mikhail's deal is going to be looking so nice then. Yeah. Uh, look at what Dort just got. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The Dort deal. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. There, there will have to be more teams involved. If we want to give up a bunch of draft picks, there's teams that go tr- crazy just to get their hands on any potential first rounder just to use as maybe an asset in the future. Yeah. So it, it's not going to be straight between us and the Nets. I think we you can no. write that off. No. I look at Utah, though. It looks like they might be ready to just blow it up and start from scratch, basically, with making Donovan Mitchell available. I mean, when I saw that, I'm like, that's the third team. Like, send – this is hard to say, but send Cam Johnson and McHale and picks and get Donovan Mitchell to Brooklyn. We get KD. The Jazz get all the young guys on Brooklyn that are projects – yeah. Yeah, and maybe 
I don't know, maybe Utah is so interested in just completely tearing it apart if they trade Mitchell that maybe Bridges and Johnson just aren't even part of the the story. They just want picks or something yeah, like that. I mean, that or, would be or a they dream call come up, true. I, and, I mean, if that happens, then you probably add in a fourth team. But, I yeah. mean, we could just do this all day. It's crazy talk. We can, yeah. But uh, Flex says it's know. still happening, man. <laughs> Flex says it's happening. Gambo says Sarver's willing to – Pay big time into the luxury. I'm not going to say there's a 0% chance of it happening, but I'm not keeping my hopes up. Yeah, I'm trying not to get my hopes up either, but in my head, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, until the Vegas odds put the Suns behind the nets on what team will Kevin Durant play the majority of his minutes for, uh, that's when I'll really... When did that change? No, he... Oh, uh, until that I see. until that happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna be keeping the slight optimism. I see the homerism deep in my heart, but uh, yeah, I saw the odds are, I think it's Suns minus one ten or something, and then the Nets are like plus two hundred, and those are the top two for where Kevin Durant will play next year. Yeah, I think they. Got a little closer to the uh, towards the like last night, okay, maybe. But uh, we're we're still the favorites, which is crazy, and it's hard to hard to count out Vegas. Though I learned something pretty recently that was interesting about uh, all this betting, and the Vegas odds makers, they aren't really, um, they aren't really putting the odds for what will actually happen. They're trying to make the the odds for what they think people will bet on. Hmm. Okay. So I think that's pretty interesting. That does make sense. And yeah, the way these odds makers work is pretty wild. I'm like trying to recall. There's not very many of them. I'm trying to recall how it all went down. With the first pick in the draft this year. Because uh, didn't Woj say it was going to be uh, Jabari Smith Jr. like pretty shortly before the draft? And then it uh, ended up in Paolo. Wasn't there like a, a weird flop somewhere? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, but, there could have been. Yeah, whatever. I'm just looking here. You checking the live odds? Yes, I'm checking what our odds are at time of recording. They were taken down for a second uh, a few days ago, and people were losing their minds. See, why is that? Why did they do that? That, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, but either either way... I until Kevin Durant does something, you know, either behind the scenes or publicly to say, I'm going to sit out for the Nets if they don't trade me to the Suns. Uh, I don't know. That, that's kind of the the big kicker. If that were to ever happen, if Durant were to make the demand, 
I think that's the only way it's going to happen because eh, I'm I'm so wishy-washy on it. I was so hyped up in this for the first like three days where it said Kevin Durant's requested a trade and his uh, number one landing spot is the Suns. I was so bought in for I think it was 72 hours or so. I yeah. was I was doing the F5 thing on Reddit <laughs> and at some point after that, I kind of burned myself out and said, okay, uh, we're going to check more on a, you know, maybe like a three hour basis now compared to literally every 15 seconds. And I've, I've calmed down a lot since then. So, Oh yeah. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. It's, uh, let's see the, the betting odds right now updated. When was this updated? Minus 200 for the Suns. Okay. And plus 700 for the Nets. Whoa. Did something happen? That's from Sporting News. Man. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder what it... Because it's, it's tough because it's different where you look, you know? Yeah, that's like true. DraftKings, it will be different. That's it's true. different everywhere. And then how frequently they update those odds... Um, but either way, we are still favored. And I think this is the thing. Um, this, I saw people talking about this just on Twitter and Reddit and everything. And I thought this was fairly compelling that Kevin Durant has made it clear that he wants to play in Phoenix. He wants to be here now. Unfortunately, it's not that simple. It's not like, okay, I want to be there. I'm going to go there. He has this contract with the Nets. He has to be traded. It's in the Nets' control. But people are saying the Nets' GM and ownership and whatnot um, kind of has to appease him. They do kind of have to please Kevin Durant because stars aren't going to want to go to Brooklyn if they know they're not going to get their way, if they know that it's going to be frustrating and if – something goes wrong and they want out if it's going to be a a battle. So other star players are looking at this, trying to see how the Nets handle it. Um, But again, it's more complicated than that too, because there's making salaries work. Um, There's, there's a lot that goes into it. Salary and finding potentially multiple teams and still wanting to, you know, have a good return uh, for the Nets themselves, a lot of picks. The Gobert trade, like you said, makes things very complicated. There's just a lot that goes into it. And so that's why a lot of people are saying, like, you know, Flex continues to say, continues to say this is going to happen, but it's going to take a while. Like, I've, I've seen him tweet, enjoy your weekend, three or four times now. Mm-hmm. So it, it is going to take a while. Yep. Yeah, it it will take a while, so don't but get your hopes up too high. The only thing I can say is we've been in this situation before where you and I record something and say all this stuff, and then, like, minutes after the episode releases, everything has changed. So let's hope that that's the case here. Very true. And I will. <laughs> I want to end this uh, on a more pessimistic note. Oh, great. Kevin Durant could do the same exact thing to us next year if he doesn't like it. (laughs) He could. Just keep that in mind. And you know he will. I mean, he's set a precedent. When he's not happy, 
Boom. Everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. Just keep it in mind. All right. Let's uh let's go summer league real quick. I've barely watched any. Things have sure changed in the last couple of years for uh, <laughs> our summer league habits. I know. I'll wrap it up real quick. Mitch, if you have anything, you can go with it. Ish Wainwright looking really solid. Game one looking pure from the corners. Uh, we need to bring him back. I assume we can probably get him on a minimum for a year or two and then see what happens. Uh, then from the other guys, I like Lewis King. He looks like he can be a scorer off the bench. I think he deserves a shot somewhere. Uh, maybe not like a backup right away, but I think he deserves NBA minutes to some small extent. And then every big guy looks like he could maybe be a third string NBA center. I've been really impressed by those bigs. And McKinley Wright, same boat, but at point guard. That's all I got. Hmm. I saw a comparison People saying the center position in the NBA is like running back in the NFL. Yeah. Like very expendable. Put anyone in there and they'll be fine, basically. Yeah. Um, so you're probably right that a lot of these big guys could be third string centers. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ish has looked good. I've liked Ish getting the opportunity to kind of show us what he can actually do. He's right. hit some really nice shots and had some nice moves and I agree. I think we do need to bring him back. Anyone with actual NBA experience typically looks pretty good in summer league too. So yeah, that's been fun. But yeah, our summer league habits are way different. Normally we would have been there already, or potentially yeah. would be there right now. But uh, yeah, a lot of things have changed in life and. I thought I was going to have a baby at this point, but still right. wait. Still not. She's we... going to come out any second here. You should have gone, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I could not have done that. No, absolutely not. But I wanted to really bad. Right, yeah. uh, now, you know, maybe a long weekend summer league in the near future would be a little more realistic. Not yeah. not like a full eight days like we <laughs> have done. I don't know that that will ever happen again. Maybe when we're like 65. Yeah. Or maybe if we move to Las Vegas, they would like. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening though. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, it's, it's fun to have some basketball. That's one thing that's been kind of interesting is. Our first summer league game, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm even going to care. I don't know if I'm even going to watch it. I was pretty burnt out on basketball. Like, this offseason has been pretty nice and welcomed. Uh, but when summer league games started, when I watched that first one, I was like, oh, yeah, I do love this. Yep. Yeah, I've watched plenty of summer league, you know, uh, mainly just to watch the incoming rookies. I always like seeing how they how they compete oh, yeah. in summer league because Shit, goes eggs. Yeah. And you you can you can kind of tell. Like there's guys who they're trying to do too much and I I hate that. Like that's my pet peeve. Guys trying to do too much. JJ Reddick said something about that like hey man, uh I know it's fun trying to run the ISO, but if you're ever in an NBA game ever in your basketball career you're probably not getting ISOs run for you if you're playing right. here in summer league like this. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And when guys work as a team, I mean, that's that's fun to see. Yeah. But the guys who are, who are out there who aren't doing too much, 
but are still having big effects on the game. I mean, those are the guys are the ones who say, yeah, I can see them getting a backup role in the NBA sooner than later just because he's he, he has good IQ and he makes the right decisions. Yeah, yeah, nice passing, making the right cuts, playing defense, trying to make reads uh, on defense. Those are the things that are going to stand out a lot more than a couple exciting iso ball possessions. Sure. Makes me think about last year when uh, I went to summer league with friend of the show, the man who needs no introduction, but gets a really long one anyway, Josh Cranwitter at Josh Cran on Twitter. Um, we we watched the Hornets because they had the youngest ball brother, and mm. he does a lot of that like ISO stuff. And I don't know if he'll ever quite make it in the league, um, but like there was a huge crowd for him. And it was actually pretty fun to be there. And there were some important looking people. And we sat in that gym because the Suns played there right after in the in the small gym, the Cox Pavilion. Um, and after the Hornets were done, like it cleared out. There was like no one there to watch the Suns. And we moved way up to the front and that was fun. But yeah, I was just thinking about that. And Josh had actually texted me about, oh yeah, summer leagues right now. And just was reminding me of last year. Yeah. Man, uh, we've probably said this on the show 10 times, but the Lonzo Ball rookie year experience <laughs> was so crazy. And it was crazy. Yeah. That was fun to be part of. All right. Well, with that, we'll move to the non-sports section of the show, and we're just going to talk about music. What are you listening to lately? All right. So I've gotten into a little bit of a thing lately. Um, so I, I'm a Dave Matthews Band fan. I have been for a long time. My parents actually had a couple of the CDs, and that's how I got started. But I just randomly wanted to see an early Dave Matthews Band concert. And so I typed in early Dave Matthews Band, and there was a concert from like 1992. And it was apparent that nobody had any idea who Dave Matthews Band was. And it was just... it was really cool because a lot of the songs that they were singing, like right at the beginning of forming the band sound very similar to how they do now. So they were, they were like, not everybody's a fan of Dave Matthews band, but they were classics from the minute they were produced pretty much. Wow. So that's pretty cool. And you know, like normally at a day at one of his concerts, if he goes to a certain song, uh, everybody goes absolutely nuts, but he'd get up there. And this is like 22-year-old Dave Matthews. And he'd say like, okay, here comes uh, Wonderwall. Just kidding. But <laughs> he, he'd just name his song, and then the crowd would be silent. And they'd be like, okay. And then uh, obviously everybody would get into it like throughout the show because I, it's, it's just impressive as musicians what they were doing. But uh Going back to the early shows where nobody knows who they are really and just seeing them in kind of a raw standpoint is really cool. So like for your favorite band, I recommend going and doing that and seeing like, see if you can find one of their first public concerts that was actually, well, this one was videotaped. So, you know, that type of situation. I recommend doing that because it's it's just pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. And I'll I'll take that a step further. 
go to concerts for bands that maybe aren't super well known yet. Sure. You know, with with the access we have to music through Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever, you can find stuff really easily. And now a lot of groups are starting to tour pretty heavily again. So get to those shows. Um, one of my favorite bands, Polyphia, which I've talked about on the show before, I saw them at Crescent Ballroom, which is a, a very small, intimate venue, but probably my favorite venue in the area. And this was right when their third album was about, to, I think it came out the next day. And their third album is the one that like really took them over the top. That It made them a lot more famous and a lot bigger. But I mean, this was Crescent Ballroom and I was standing, I was touching the stage. I was so close hmm. and I'll never do that again. Like they're way bigger than that now. So it's, it's really cool to have seen them at that level before they really took off. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So, and they have a new song at least right now that I've been listening to called playing God. That's a really fun one. I think they have an album coming out. It's been, I think it's been five years since they've released an album. So they're working on it. Um, but there's a couple things I'm super into that I want to, talk about um i'll pick a couple i wrote down nine things that i'm super into but i'll pick two of them um we'll go the non-metal route first silk sonic if you haven't listened to silk sonic it's amazing bruno mars anderson pack and bootsy collins yeah like so 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 good my wife loves their music yep. we really want to see them live but timing wise isn't isn't working out but oh they're so good all of their songs and they have a couple that are pretty famous just from like instagram and tiktok but really actually listen to their songs they're great um and then on the metal side of things chris turner he's the drummer for a metal band called oceans eight alaska uh probably the best drummer in music right now i would say um he has an album, his solo album, that came out a few weeks ago that is just, like, really, really good, really impressive. And he's releasing um, videos, like, playthrough videos for every song on the album. And he just looks like a robot when he plays. Um, he's just so good. So the album is called Steezy. It's all instrumental metal. Um, it's, it's funny because he's great, but he doesn't take himself too seriously. A lot of his song names are like kind of silly, but it's just great music. Very, very impressive music. Well, very nice. I, I just, I can't relate to the metal and I feel so, so bad, Mitch. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Not everyone can, but I know you can relate to Silk Sonic. Yes, absolutely. I I don't know if I've caught. Is there an album out or is oh, yeah. it just a full album? Okay, full album. I've caught a few songs. Absolutely dug every one of them, but yes, I, I will dive into that full album because you will love. It. I mess with that. Yeah. So the album is called "An Evening with Silk Sonic." Um, they have a song with Thundercat after last night that oh. uh my wife and i love that song and we'll sing that all throughout the day but yeah it's got thundercat and bootsy collins on it so um yeah after last night is probably my favorite song on that album but the whole thing is great yeah that that's cool just 
man, like it's cool that Bootsy Collins is still doing. Yeah, stuff. he's a legend. He's a legend. He's in a really weird song with one of my favorite bands, Wolfpack. Uh, it's really. <laughs> I'm not even gonna say the name of it because <laughs> it might be a little too funky for mm. the the majority. <laughs> It's called Captain Hook. You should listen to it. It's weird. Captain just, Hook. Just, uh, it's weird. Okay. I'll have to listen to it. But yeah. And uh, I, I've just been, you know, I'm a fan of the funk. And obviously, like Victor Wooten. Oh, uh, yeah. Incredible. I just found out about, uh, is it Bela Fleck and the Flecktones? Oh, yeah. That's Victor Wooten's. That's where he started, his first band. That's where it started. Okay. Yeah. I saw I've saw. seen them live, too. You have? Oh, that yeah, would be really great. fun to see. Uh, and I met Victor Wooten, and he signed a copy of his book. That, that, I is, that is cool. It was amazing, yeah. I watched one of their early gigs, and Victor Wooten used to be yoked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was, like, 90s yoked, too. Yeah. Like, he looked like a football player, for sure. Mm-hmm. Man. But, uh... Yeah, I, yeah, I just, uh... I've been enjoying seeing, like, collaborations of people that I didn't know had anything to do with each other. Like, Corey Wong, who I found through Wolfpack, who just collaborated with one of the people you listened to on a song. Yeah, Tim Henson from... Polyphia and yeah. Pliny, who I've seen Pliny live as well, and he's an amazing guitarist. So there's our worlds colliding somehow musically, Mitch. That's kind of yeah, cool. yeah. You have to listen to the Live in America album that Victor Wooten has. It's genius. It's like right. it was a two disc thing when it came out, but it's a lot of songs. There's a ton of different features. There's a lot of rapping on it. Um, it's great, and I don't. I imagine there's a video of it out there. I've never seen it, but I've listened to that many times. Nice. All right. Well, I think we're both shirtless in our offices recording this <laughs> podcast. I'm starting to get a little sweaty. It's it's sweltering. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot. Let's end this thing. We thank you guys for tuning in. We'll definitely be back if there's new breaking news, but maybe uh, every other week for the rest of the off season might be a Who good. Who knows? Uh, We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. This baby's going to decide for me. Yeah, that that will be a factor for sure. Maybe if it happens in the meantime, I'll come in with a solo one. We'll we'll figure something out, definitely. No, I'll call Josh. Josh. Oh, that's what you could do, yeah. That's the move. That's (laughs) the move. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in at Sunny and PHX Pod on Twitter. We'll see you again soon, and go Suns.